0: Nice evening for a podcast. Yeah, You're it ready? Certainly, it certainly is.
1: Night has fallen on the hill country surrounding Austin, Texas, and it has indeed blanketed Austin, Texas itself on which Matthew lives, Matthew's Backyard, Matthew's Porch, and two guys podcasting Matthew and Schaefer, for it is another episode of One Magical Hour, a Matthew and Schaefer podcast spectacular. Episode number 163 feels like it must be one of the last really cool nights of the season. I feel like we're saying goodbye to winter and saying hello to spring been in the mid-80s around here lately. The wildflowers are blooming. It's very nice, uh, but I can never enjoy the nice spring weather because I know that it's the harbinger of what's to come, and that is Texas summer, aka a yearly assault on our lives and our willpower yep. and our will to live. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and it's come a-knocking, folks. Uh, but But we'll be fine. We'll be here through it. We'll be talking to you guys, and uh, we thank you for giving us giving us a reason to get get through it. Pick up pick up our pick up our sword and shield every morning, and uh, and put it down at night. Keep keep plugging through this wild uh, wild circus called life in order to bring you news cruises in order to bring you. Wittis and Yield Wordshop in order to bring you a poetry corner each and every episode, and in order to bring you the beloved, what do you call them, parodies, song parodies, song parodies, by the friend of the Shoeless Piper, the pride of the greater Tarzana Topanga area, the Mozambique Mystique the Martinique Magnificer, Matthew Rampy. Take
0: me out to the podcast. Listen to all our bull. Me and old Shafey just talking some smack. I don't care if they download this track. It's a spectacle for an hour. We hope you've got the time, cause it's one. Two, three segments, and out for the old pod rhyme. I kind of went off script. Pod rhyme? Yeah, I don't know. Because it rhymed with time. Oh. And I realized that uh, the last word... I should have just said podcast. For the old podcast. Old podcast makes more sense. Yeah, sure. Sure. Episode 163, One Magical Hour. Here we are. That
1: was a great... it's always exciting. Oh well, it's always exciting when one of us, you know, usually you obviously gets down there and really like changes every word of a parody to be.
0: Okay, yeah, sure. The, yeah, because sometimes I get real lazy with it. Which that's
1: that's fun too, you know. It's Yeah.
0: Don't you want this podcast? <laughs> Sorry, I won't go into another parody.
1: Um That was interesting. The the wind just kind of blew through the backyard, but it made some kind of weird sounds. I wonder if that's because the leaves are on the trees.
0: I think it's just um, the ghost of that guy that drives on the truck, on the truck. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think... What is today? Well, first thing, today's Tuesday. A rare Tuesday And we're trying to bring a Friday night energy to a Tuesday podcast. I got to say in the history of the podcast, there's been a number of recordings on Tuesday. Yeah. It's, it's only been in the, in uh, settling into the once a week thing where we started kind of doing to the weekend. But even with that, we were still kind of hitting some Tuesdays because there's the Tuesday's tipple, you know, with the, with the 10 year taper. Yeah. And you you're, you're waiting, you're waiting, but you give yourself that drink. So here I am having a, having a drink. I'm also celebrating tonight. Not just the podcast. I'm celebrating life because I survived another round with COVID.
1: Congratulations,
0: sir. Should, should I call it COVID 19? I think that's a misnomer, right? Because I'm probably suffering from COVID-22.5. Yeah, or co- yeah.
1: COVID. yeah. COVID Omicron.
0: It's it's the Omicron ghetto cousin um, no. that like is staring you down. They're, they're, no, it's I'm B A it's B A five two five or I'm something. I'm not up on my omicronology. Yeah, yeah. We're down this we're down to like um you know, in um and I don't know if you know about um <clears throat> Pokemon. We're down to one of those like really rare Pokemon cards, you know? <laughs> that uh that's maybe kind of mid powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't I haven't thought that out at all. I haven't <laughs> you don't know anything about Pokémon. I, I know you. a little about po- about Pokémon. I was going to compare it to a powerful card, but that that's not that's actually not accurate. And and it is the powerful cards that are more rare, but what we have is like we have a less rare version of COVID that's just milder and just going ar- so? just going around. I will say that I have been setting the diamond piers mm-hmm. at the Omni Barton Creek resort
1: Mm -hmm. for like two weeks
0: now for yeah it was on friday it was two weeks and last week um i have been doing some very physical labor granted i'm only hitting it for like half a day before i go back and do some admin work Mm -hmm. so this is a very i'm being a big baby here i realized that i'll put that right out front (laughs) that's kind of what the podcast is about um but it's been hard work. And then on top of that, I'm doing baseball coaching and parenting and flag football coaching. And I've had a big two weeks of it. And we've also received material on a number of days and just like moving materials. Uh, It will wear you out. Have you ever read a day in the life of Ivan Donosevich?
1: I have read it.
0: I, I, you know, I read it like in junior high and I recall the descriptions of, It's about somebody who's living in a Soviet gulag, you know, like a forced labor camp. Yeah. And um, it's when I was a kid, it sounded horrible. Uh, And now as an adult, and I kind of get like a little taste of that by just like super working hard with my body all the time Mm -hmm. uh, to where. It would really be terrible to be in that situation. I have no where doubt where you your body starts like breaking down, you yeah. know. It's one thing where you like work out and you rest and you get stronger, but if you go day after day doing the same things, you just get broken down. So, mid- especially if you're malnourished. And right. I'm I'm getting like I'm getting yeah. good sleep. I'm not malnourished at all. I'm well nourished yeah. and it's still difficult. But last week, man, it was coming On my back like a bear. Like it was just on top of me, this like task. And I was going there every morning and doing it. And Wednesday, I was so tired. And then Thursday, I couldn't tell if I was getting sick or if I was just physically completely exhausted. By the end of the day, Thursday, I felt like, oh, I must be getting sick. But I went there on Friday anyway. And Friday was like a cold, windy day. And me and Gabe, we're working on these, this task together and he was so tired too. And we somehow managed to do about the same amount. And when I left there, I was just dead. And that Friday afternoon I thought, well, this is it. I mean, I'm, I'm going to die. I felt the need for rest was so strong. And then I like, I slept for 10 hours on Friday night and then I got up and had breakfast and then I laid back down for like two and a half hours. And actually I only got up because Amy came in there and was like, hey, will you grill some chicken for lunch? And I was like, okay, sure, sure. And I, I got up, I grilled chicken, and then I took a COVID test. And then I was I was very <laughs> you, hot. You know when you the thing the I know you was. I know you've all I hope I hope all of you have taken a COVID test at least once in your life. But you if you do you do it with like the, the card thing and the as the liquid goes over the strip, you can tell pretty quickly sometimes if you're positive. Or and it was one of those where, oh yeah, hot, positive. yeah um, And I felt pretty rough. And then uh, I did I ended up going to work on Monday. I just went to the office because I was by myself. And then this morning I woke up and I felt good. I took a COVID test. I was negative. And I don't know. I mean, I whipped it pretty quickly, but It was one of those confluence of situations where you're not sure if you're going to make it. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you do come out the other side, for me, man, I just feel like living. I'm I'm having a drink here. I'm doing my podcast. Like, I want to live. You know
1: what I mean? Yeah, it's a good feeling. No
2: doubt. (sighs)
1: I was laughing I have a regular at the bar named Casey and she's I think she's exactly my age Um, or we're very close in age anyway and she uh,
0: Casey do landscape stuff?
1: yeah uh-huh. and her and I just kind of bond over you know how in the in the '40s, I'd say I first noticed it. I was telling her I, I first noticed it in my late '30s. I remember at one point I was sitting at the, I was sitting on the subway train in New York, and and I had had like an allergy related lung infection, and then I kicked that, and then I had a ear infection, and I kicked that, and then I had like a toothache, and I got that taken care of, and then like my knee started hurting after that. And I was just like, I mean, just like I maybe I'm at the point now in my life where just like there's always gonna be something wrong with me. And, sure. and I kind of I would you know, 10 years looking back, I wasn't really wrong about that. I'm definitely at the point now where on those moments when I don't feel like there's anything wrong with me, I feel like so great. Yeah, I'm like yeah, it can make I, you really appreciate and, and it. I know to like to like look out for that, you know, check in with my body and be like, wait. No, I'm fine. I have nothing, you know, there's nothing ailing me right now. That's wonderful. Go enjoy this while you can.
0: Yeah, and and you know that the kids out there feel good all the time. Yeah. And um, they don't appreciate it. And You can't appreciate it until you've been in a gulag.
1: It's just one of those things where if you don't, depending on what your perspective is, you know, then, you know, things like, you know, some popular kid, talking shit about you or something can just wreck you emotionally and like completely ruin your day when, you know, you just, cause you don't really know what true emotional anguish is. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Perspective. <laughs> Boy, that's the truth. Uh So it doesn't matter. You know, it's the human condition.
0: Um I think with the age thing for me, the most, Notable thing is like the depth of exhaustion that I'm able to reach (laughs) at this age where, I mean, I guess I remember getting tired when I was younger, but it was different. And now you get tired and you do feel a a little closer to the reaper. You know, you you feel like, oh, I could just slip into the eternal sleep. With this sleep, <laughs> um, you know, but then you don't, and so you live to podcast again. You know what Here I mean?
2: We are
1: a very special baseball edition of the podcast. Because weirdly, even though it's still February, tomorrow's March first, but baseball starts so early these days that we're the new baseball season is knocking at our door and they have a new rule in effect where there is a pitching clock and you have to pitch. You have to get your pitch off within a certain time.
0: So Uh, I literally heard about this today. Ike was telling me about it. And then I heard a blurb on the radio. (coughs) Okay. So here's the rule. You've got 20 seconds for the pitch, right? By that, when the pitcher gets the ball, he's got 20 seconds to make the next pitch, which I think is great. Yeah. But then there's also the batter's box. You 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 got to be back in the batter's box in like eight uh, of that 20 seconds. The batter has to be in the box in eight seconds, right? Is that right? That sounds something. Yeah. Sounds and something then if the pitcher doesn't get it off in time, it's a ball. And if the batter doesn't get back in the box, it's an automatic strike. Yeah. And a game was decided on this today or yesterday. It or would
1: time. have been a preseason game.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Um, well, it's so, just
0: preseason thus far. Yeah. Opening day hasn't happened.
1: Yeah. No, it's another week, two weeks, I think, till opening day.
0: I, my The only question in my mind about that is why haven't they started this? Why? Well, why? D- yeah, that's like, a good question. We've had, we said, have a play clock in basketball. You have the play clock in football. They
1: talked about. Some of these spring training gangs they, they say they're they're shaving in a half an hour off the game, which is amazing. And from what I've from what I understand from people talking about it, it does actually make the game more fun to watch. Like Things happen faster. Things are it feels like there's more at stake.
0: Seems like you might um, wear out your pitcher quicker. So there might be a pitching change sooner. Or, Maybe. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. know. I I don't listen. I don't know enough about baseball, even though I am coaching Little League. I would, uh, I would
1: think you know, well, you're still going to be throwing about 100 pitches. I don't know if, uh,
0: is that the pitch count for a professional? That's usually it's like when they think about taking somebody out 100. Yeah. Okay. Unless
1: they're just doing a terrible job and then it might be earlier. Yeah. For the kids, it's like
0: 65. You got to take them out. That's. I'm surprised that it's that high I mean, it really that seemed high okay yeah um i I know that there's all sorts of problems with repetitive motion and pitching and yeah. Tommy John's and the whatnot
1: <laughs> have you every I think I've mentioned this over every time my brother and I like decide we're gonna throw the football to each other, it's like you know we get out and we we'll stand like. 100 yards away from each other something like we did when we were kids. And all of a sudden, you're like, no. If I do this more than once, I'm going to
0: throw my shoulder up. I will tell you that right now, I am in the best throwing shape I've ever been in. Oh, yeah, because have been practicing. Because we just went through football season. And there, we, we we had some weeks where I was throwing the football 500 times. Oh, wow. For sure. <laughs> yeah. And And then now, like, I'm... I'm pitching to kids for batting practice. I'm not good, but I am getting it better over the plate and I and it is surprising how much how many muscles you use to throw something. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of baseball, I brought up baseball. Or thank you for thank you for mentioning baseball. Uh this is Matthew's Munisha. I uh, welcome one and all to the spring season, twenty twenty three Northwest Little League. We are the Blue Jays. I had my first preseason game tonight too. We also have a couple of preseason games. We played the Astros. Uh, we we, Astros. we lost to the Astros, um, only by two runs. It was six to four. But I'm really excited about my team. I've made a lot of good draft choices. I I based my draft choices on ki- uh, my knowledge. I knew some of the kids in the league, and it wasn't – it was not based on baseball prowess. It was based on how much of a pain in the neck the kid is, <laughs> you know, and I there were definitely – There were some targets on my list of kids that I knew who were A, good at baseball, and B, had good attitudes. Yeah, And then there were kids on my list who just have good attitudes, and I want them. And then there were a few kids on my list of the no-go, I'm not dealing with that kid again. No matter how good they are. Well, it's never the the, the, the Venn diagram doesn't really. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. No, no. I take that back. Like I, the, There's no I that, had like a, one kid who's super talented. I, and I had a I had a kid that was team. pretty medium talented. That was, was 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 kind. He was kind of a pain, and I actually liked him, but he was kind of a pain. You had to remind him about his mouth a lot, and but there were but there are most of the kids that are unskilled. You, you'll you'll find the real pains in the unskilled pool interesting there are a bunch of kids that are out there that don't really want to be out there Uh huh. you know they do it because their parents make them or <laughs> they was, think they always, should. always me <laughs> and so you know and then but that even if a kid is unskilled too it's fine if they just have a decent attitude and i, I can think of a couple kids that i've coached that were not that skilled that just they were just excited to be there and Thought they were decent play, like they would be like. Coach, I'm I'm a pretty good baseball player. I'm like you are, buddy. You are just having a great attitude, and that's. I don't know a lot about the game. I'm not there to help you with technique. You're you're, I can't really fix anybody's batting stance or. Sometimes I can kind of help somebody see an issue with their throwing motion or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's not my my strength. Is strength and conditioning. I'm a strength and conditioning coach, and then I'm really I work on attitudes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's it's sports psychology is what it is. It's it's all about um, visualizing. I've, I'm working on visualization with them. Mm-hmm. I, I tell them, look, when it's your turn to to go to bat, walk up there and play a little movie in your head of you hitting the ball off of this pitcher. Yeah. See it happen in your mind's eye. I'm going to remind them of that all season. I think it's going to be very effective. <laughs> um, and I do a lot of um, reminding kids to breathe, mm-hmm. I, I, especially like the kid pitching. I see him out there. They're so focused. They forget to breathe. You mm-hmm. go, Hey, breathe. And the, you get them right back in the zone with mm-hmm. that. And then just general, like, um, I mean, they talk about how important
1: that is when in target shooting, like rifle oh, shooting. Oh, man. I mean, like breathing. It's all about the and breath. Golf.
0: Golf. Like, and there's so many sports where you're like controlling your breathing. Uh, uh, MMA is like that. It's like mm-hmm. breath work and, and cardio. And <clears throat> um, Interesting. So, yeah, that's happening. We're the Blue Jays this season. Did I say that?
1: Yeah, Yeah. Canadian team. Canadian. I was talking with. Griffin about it before the show. Uh Griffin came out to say hi. He
0: told me that he was the Blue Jays. I said, oh, you're a
1: Canadian team, he said.
0: Listen, I'm excited about the Blue Jays. What was Griffin saying about it before the show? Well,
1: he came out, we were chatting a bit. He said he was the Blue Jays. I said, oh, you're Canadians. He said, yes. I said, you gotta start saying a boot." He said, yes. I started just joking. I said, you gotta call napkins serviettes. You got to drink your milk out of a plastic bag. Um,
0: that That's one thing I, I wasn't familiar with. Yeah. Canadians drink their you milk the out the milk of a plastic a bag. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, and then I said, and you got good health care. And he said, yeah, we've already made that joke. You said apparently when y'all uh, got when y'all take the field y'all, y'all... No,
0: well, no, just to, just to, just tonight. Um, <laughs> that we were we had our hands in and we were gonna all one two three Blue Jays, but the kids were like, "Let's do one two three Canadians," and I was like, "Okay," and then I was like, "And let's let's cheer for universal health care," and they're like, one like, two three Canadians, and they're like, "Yay, universal health care!" <laughs> we, we took the field.
1: Were there any parents? They're like I wonder if there are any like. Maga parents in there are pissed that you're. Look, well, you're politicizing.
0: No, I mean, kids you know, baseball. look at look look at where we're playing ball. There's oh, not yeah. a, there's not a ton of maga parents, right. and um, if they do, they know to keep the damn mouth shut. That's right. That's right. We're, this is a town where we we make racists afraid again. <laughs> make racists um, afraid again. <laughs> whatever it is, I, I, I for a long time, I was looking to doing some volunteer work. And I just never really knew what was for me. And I feel good about volunteering to coach because it just feels like something I can do. And as a parent, it feels like a really good thing to do for other parents Yeah, to have a place where you can drop your kid off for an hour and a half for practice.
1: Know that someone
0: responsible is keeping an eye on them. Yeah. And the league is, for the most part, great all volunteer somebody's got to be making some money but that's amazing
2: yeah
0: i mean the there are like these board members and there are these parents that um organize the umpires i'm like that must be a tough job like organizing all the kid umpires and yeah what who does the umping kids oh wow you have to be 2 years older than I the see. age you're umping for, and they pay them. Oh, oh wow, it's pretty good. Like yeah. uh up to thirty five dollars for a game. Wow. The 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 plate ump in the upper leagues, the upper two or three league get gets thirty five dollars a game. And then there's they did just have one plate ump and one field ump, but now they're doing two field umps and a plate ump. I think, you know, it's a great resource for kids who are trying to make money, can't have jobs yet and are into the league. And maybe, you know, we're in a situation where my, my daughter's playing the softball and that's at the same location. And then sometimes we have to go there for her brother's game. And so she's, Isabel has signed up to ump. Mm -hmm. I know about the umping because we went to the ump training night with the professional also volunteer, but, but guys who've been umping for a long time have the whole regalia and uh-huh. stuff and <laughs> they did a whole like two hour clinic on it and interesting. is Isabel signed up to to get in there and do that. but I mean, you know at her at her level, I think it's only twenty or twenty five dollars a game, but still still that's... and that could be something if you know if we're on top of the schedule, she can schedule games to ump while he's playing. Anyway, we're we we're, we're way into this whole scene, and for me, it's great because it's kind of like, who are the people in your neighborhood? Like, I'm I'm meeting people. Not we don't live right by the complex, but it's North Central Austin people. And mm-hmm. I'm meeting all kinds of people that I wouldn't meet otherwise. So that is the minutiae spread over uh, a few recordings. Glad to hear it like full disclosure: I'm having trouble with my internet, and it keeps kicking us off the the platform. So we're kind of stitching this episode together. So if we're having a conversation, and <laughs> and then it um, suddenly kind of there's a break, and then it doesn't make sense. It's because <laughs> I'm having to edit these together, not just because of our usual we're just stitching together style of podcast, ten different recordings, yeah. yeah, Frankenstein podcast, yeah. It's the
1: Frankencast. Yeah, we're dropping dropping signals right and left here.
0: So, um... M- music and kids. So the next the next segment is music and kids. So,
1: <laughs> sorry, that's too loud. My nephew, Shafee's... Little Shafy Favorite thing to do these days is, in the evening, pour himself a nice hot bath. And as he relaxes in it, he says, hey, Alexa, play the final countdown on repeat. Oh, (laughs) well, the final countdown by Europe over and over again. So he's
0: he's found something he likes, which
1: is good. (laughs) I like that song. And he's generally he's interested in hard rock and heavy metal these days. Okay, And I sort of got to thinking, you know, Dick and I are so excited to introduce these kids to music you know, of all the stuff that, all the stuff we like, we want to share it with them. And I was thinking, you know, at some point they're going to get a little older and they're going to want to, you know, I, you know, if not necessarily rebel, they're going to want to do their own thing. And if, you know, and as you know, like I like every kind of music. So if I've thrown them like all this different music, like what are they going to pick to like, they're going to have to like, pick some kind of weird, like dubstep or something to try to like be like, this is the rebel music that the, that the grownups don't like or something. And I was wondering, like, do you have, do you ever think about that? Do you try to like leave some things for them to discover on their own? So
0: we just watched an episode of blackish where they realized that the young twins don't know Prince. Oh wow. And everyone in the family, they sit them down and they and they everyone impresses upon them the importance of Prince and they <laughs> do little parodies each of them of like a Prince song. Yeah. Um well it, it's not a parody, it's the song but it's like them doing a video of the song. Yeah. Um
1: little homage.
0: And that the, the 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 point counterpoint on that episode was that the kids were listening to this like um gucci game
2: song <laughs> which
0: is just kind of like i don't know mumble decor rap i i i, I don't know gucci I, main no it's uh gucci game let's see if uh so there's a gucci uh, main and a gucci, oh, oh, gang. Gucci, gucci gang gucci gang um yeah i'm gonna play this on the podcast so that, <laughs> so that we for sure get sued. But first <laughs> thing, uh, them talking about Prince was really pumping me up and like how awesome Prince is. Yeah, sure. He's and amazing. Yeah. And, um, you know, I remember when we were young, like kids, like, like Prince had some big hits, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I thought Prince was kind of like going away. And I remember like in 1995 working at this restaurant and I thought Prince was in the past. And the manager of my restaurant, Jonathan Holt, was loved Prince and loved all his current stuff. And mm-hmm. I just, and he he was an artist. We see you see now how he just always kept relevant, never went away, changing, prolific, and all those things. But like I, at one point, I thought, oh well, Prince is something from the past, and so let's see. Here's yeah, no. When we were in
1: high school, that's when the Symbol album came out Uh-huh. with uh, like seven and. Diamonds and Pearls.
2: That was (laughs) one of his best. Do you like Prince or do you like Lil Pump Gucci Gaming? I do actually kind of like this. I kind (laughs) of like it too. It's not. I don't know. I like the.
1: I like their multicolored hair, and I like the. the It's not without its.
2: uh, Without its. uh,
0: Sorry, little pump. Don't screw us. (laughs) Podcast. Um, I try to introduce music to my kids, and they don't really care. Uh, But if they hear about it from a friend, then it's very interesting. That's how it is with Isabel. Like Isabel is right now discovering all. These layers of yeah. music and great music, and sometimes not great music, like um, semi-charmed kind of life. But uh-huh. um, what just is this, that? Just, what is
1: semi-charmed kind of life?
0: Third Eye Blind. Oh right? yeah. and we talked about that. Um, <laughs> um, but th- think about like where we are with like accessibility uh-huh. to the m- the musical past, yeah. and then they're on these streaming services to get their music and the algorithm, they're like listening to a thing. And then the algorithm just kind of pushes these other things on them. And so it's, it's so much easier to like discover Mm -hmm. than it has in the past, I think, I guess, but I guess, but it's also harder to have like the, like any kind of perspective about it, you know, because there are so many layers and she's just listening to like, Oh, I, I, I just discovered, the Goo Goo Dolls and Nirvana, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um.
1: I yeah I I think my question was kind of tongue in cheek, just because I know like there's really nothing you can do. Like everything's
0: everybody has to have their own experience. Yeah, everybody's
1: gonna go their own way. Yeah, there's nothing that. I can do to make things more or less cool really. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, there's not. <laughs> Nothing you can do for sure. <laughs> Nothing you or I can do. Um I Did we talk about that? Music and kids? Yeah. I would like to just transition into uh telling you about something from another podcast. All right, I love things I, from I, other podcasts. I listened to an episode of This American Life that he, Ira said it was a rerun, but I'd never heard it before, and um, it was called "Same Bed, Different Dreams," and it had a bunch of really interesting stories. But the one I found the most compelling for various reasons was this um, account of this time that Kim Jong Il abducted this South Korean actress yeah. who was kind of like the the comments on this episode you know, like compared her to like Liz Taylor but maybe a little past prime and Kim Jong-il the cat uh, kidnapped her and took her to North Korea and then she was just his captive there and she sort of lived in like nice villas and stuff and would be taken to parties and kind of paraded around and she she knew she couldn't Escape. And so she was just kind of resigned to it. And a couple of years went by. And her captors were, uh, on one occasion, saying, Oh, this, you're going to have a really exciting evening tonight. Trust me. And she goes to this lavish party and um, they trot out this figure whom she doesn't recognize at first. Uh, oh, her name was Che Un He. It's, it's, I think that's pronounced Che. And her, um, they, what Who they brought out was her ex-husband and former director of some movies that she made, Shin Sang-ok. And he had been kidnapped at about the same time, but had tried to escape. And so they had him in a forced labor camp. Mm. Um, back to the forced labor camp topic. Um, and they had taken him to an apartment and tried to, like rehydrate him and fatten him up a bit and they put him in a suit that didn't quite fit and they took him to this event and then there's Kim and he's like, "Oh, aren't you two so happy to be back together? And I've prepared a villa for you two to live in." Like they were had had a marriage and were divorced and then here they are together and then Kim puts them together and then he's like, "You're going to love where you're living." And he puts them in a really nice remodeled villa and then they're just there there they are together. And they start like talking about their experiences of how they came to be there. And then Kim gives them access to this movie archive, his personal like movie archive, which like had every movie ever from most countries. Like it was, it is a vast archive of films. He was, he was a movie lover. He loved films. And of course, Most people in North Korea saw no films except the ones made in North Korea. Yeah. And Kim said to Shin and Che, North Korean movies are the worst. They are terrible. And if we don't do something, we are going to fall behind and and that we will never have this as part of our cultural heritage. And... He he relayed to them how in socialism there's no incentive. This is the moment where, by the way, where I I go I turn right wing. This is me go. I'm turning right. I see. I've been a I've been a liberal Marxist all my life, (laughs) and like this thing where Kim is saying to these artists, you know, I need your help because in socialism there's no incentive to do good and the directors um the people who make movies are afraid to make anything that would like anyway, offend the state and so they don't mm-hmm. and everybody just sort of exists at this level of like not trying too hard you know and i do see how in that framework that you know people could be less than incentivized and and, um your ambitions can be blunted by that type of 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 system and i thought that was interesting that kim said that to them and and basically he kidnapped them so that they would come and make films.
1: Yeah well I and yeah Kim was just admitting the truth and I can understand him wanting to have a higher quality product for the his beloved
0: country. Uh, so basically, he let me put this in in, exactly in perspective.
1: Going, going about, the right
0: I way. I I kidnapped Charlize Theron and Steven Spielberg, and to just to make movies, force for them to live together and force them to though, live together. Oh wait, even but they, they, they weren't actually married. not right, to live I, they, they weren't actually married. Who is Spielberg married to? She was an actress, right? Kate Capshaw. Yeah, yeah. So I I, I got Capshaw and Spielberg, and I put them in. I'm I'm Kim Jong Il. Um but then just just quick how that turned out was that they made some movies okay and for shin there's a me- they both wrote a memoir about their experience and they had a, a divergent experience basically because for shin he had had his career and life had would sort of changed in South Korea. And he, he, um, I guess South Korea was under like military rule and they shut the studio down. And basically he was given a new lease on life to make movies. And suddenly the North Korean regime was like the greatest producer of all time. It was spare, no expense. If he wanted snow, the helicopters came and took the cast up to the mountains and he had all the money and time to make movies. And he, and they made a couple of movies that are like, I think noteworthy, you know, and that's cool. <laughs> um, and, but Che, not so yeah, it's much. Not cool like she, were... she, she, she was not happy about being in that situation. And they, they did, um, they managed to, um, they were in some kind of kind of car cavalcade, and they got the ca- they got the cars to stop, and they were able to get out of the car and and run to the. They, listen, it's on This American Life. I don't mean to redo. Wow, the so they got away. This, they got away, and the, uh, yeah, wow. they got away. And they Great in story. nineteen eighty six they went back. There's a whole the abduction of of Shin Sang-ok and Che Un-hee. Wikipedia article about it. If you want to go and read about it, I really gotta wonder like how. What were the reasons
1: for that marriage ending? Like, what if, like, she had, like, gotten out of an abusive relationship or something? Like, only to find herself kidnapped and put back into a house with this guy who she got away from.
0: I think or, that um, they ended up they ended up back together. Oh, they did? Yeah. Okay. They ended up sharing the rest of their lives together. And well, just, maybe that's good. And well, they both wrote a memoir, and, and um, I don't know if they – I think they wrote a memoir together. Oh, that's comfortable. But they're – but their perspective on the experience was was divergent. Uh, it was interesting. Well, actually, when they, I believe, when they aired that in 2015, she was still alive. She was like 88. Regarding your
1: disappointment with socialism, I feel like Matthew. I've especially watching what's going on with American democracy lately, and knowing what oh it's going, knowing right. what goes on with local politics.
0: Oh, yeah, it's going great. And
1: right. I can tell you, it, Matthew, I don't think it matters if you're. Communist or socialist or capitalist or, or you live in a monarchy or you live in a it's democracy. It's not the system; it's just that people suck. It's the management, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if, yeah. You, if it's poorly managed, which it almost indefinitely, it almost, it, it, it almost inevitably is. Yeah. You know, with a few exceptions, a few notable exceptions, then you know, then it's not going to it's not going to go well, and it doesn't matter what your philosophy is if you don't have somebody who cares about people and is a selfless, you know, hard worker doing the management and making hard decisions for the better, for the, for the good of everyone, then it's, you know, things are going to break down eventually. And that's, and it doesn't matter what the ideology is behind it. Now, it all looks good on paper.
0: It's just in practice. It's a little,
2: yeah. yeah. And you know,
1: I think you know the big problem. It's just like the problem with the police force, and it's the problem with politicians, and it's the you know, it's the people who are most inclined. You know, anybody who's inclined to become a politician is uh, is a rampant narcissist. They just want to be famous. Anytime, yeah. Most of them, yeah. These days, and yeah, or they want, they want they thirst for power over their fellow man, which is just the last kind of person that you want to be in charge of everybody. Yeah. And, you know, uh, people who become cops, I mean, let's, let's face it. They're often people who want to walk around holding a bat, you know, and being a tough guy. And that's, that's not the kind of person you necessarily want to, you know, to be a cop. And it's just, yeah. Unless, and, and I don't know what the solution is, how we, <laughs> we just appoint, appoint people. I, I was having a conversation the other day, man, I think that because we, we talk about the people that we run into in the service industry as, you know, bartenders and, and servers in bars and restaurants, just the people that you run into who just have no clue how to treat other people in the world and they're out there, they are these are people who are out there in the world. And you know, I just go back, I think that every human being, it would be beneficial if every human being in America after college, I mean sorry, after high school and before college, if you had to spend a year working in a bar or restaurant yeah. as a server, everyone, no matter yeah, you know,
0: yeah, it would change society.
1: And people like I didn't really understand until I started that job, actually how much I liked it and how much money you can make doing it. And, and you know, and make that, I realized that I was singularly cut out to be a bartender and I really loved it. And I, You're you know, the mixology wanted, to, wanted to do it. My, uh, <laughs> okay. It's more of the, it's more the conversation. Yes, the of course. Bug. Um, right.
0: I know that your, your <laughs> thing isn't craft cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> we expanded our
1: cocktail list, and I
0: you regret it immediately. Well, <laughs> I don't regret
1: it because people like people order more cocktails and they pay more money for them. Okay, but it's just like
0: it's, it's a like, wind up. You you draft, want just draft frappé uh, and uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> I
1: like it when people have you know a, a few different draft beers and sip on a whiskey or a tequila and that's the right thing to do yeah maybe two beers and one and one you know sipper of hard alcohol and that's yeah. that's going to get you just just the right place you know you can still I, I, you're not going to be beating up your spouse and you're not going to be you know passing out behind the wheel on the drive home
0: hey you make your own choices
1: okay? <laughs> There's a there's a good way to do it and I'm not always sure, you know. It's not easy to steer everybody in that direction, but you try
0: to. Do you think that espresso martinis add to a lot of domestic abuse in the world? <laughs> I don't, I don't know.
1: know. I don't know. It definitely gets certain people too fired up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so um Oh yeah, wait! I've got a couple of shows I want to talk about real quick. Okay, I, we're gonna wrap this podcast up. But I, I have an avocado review, too. I, you recommended this Apple TV program with Jason Momoa. C, yeah, to me, a long time ago, and I, guess. I, I finally finished it up. Have you watched it all? Have I still watched it, watched it, it all. End? No, it's pretty good, man. Because because they uh, there's three seasons and they just wrap it up. Yeah. The, the, uh, i think they just finished the story and it was good i, I, I and maybe maybe it got a little like a little too too like tangled and loose in the middle
1: characters just scared me <laughs> the, the, it's it's
0: the whole thing is mostly terrifying and you know I, I, it's a sci-fi thing about uh, a virus comes into the world and takes sight away from humanity and this is like you know three or five hundred years and the the really compelling thing
1: at at the beginning is watching you know watching the writers and the producers the writers and directors imagining you know how that would change a battle between two groups of people and how is none of them had sight and how is
0: your social and economic system set up if you if you don't have sight, that all that's very interesting. It's cool to see the but way the, they deal with it. A lot of the performances are really good, and um, it's very gory and and, but it's but it has a really interesting bent. The whole thing, and I, I watched it till the end, and I, I really enjoyed it. I give C seven avocados. All right, yeah, I think that's probably about how many I would give it to you. There's another show that was introduced to me by my daughter. I know, I know this is a popular show. Uh, Netflix has this this Adam's Family yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah. I mean,
1: huge Tim Burton fan. Oh, so.
0: man. Tim Burton is and so It's return to form for him, too. So, you know. Totally. Totally. That's what I was going to say. He's th- That show's great. It's very like young adult I've only seen well yeah, it's th- a cute
1: heartwarming show. I've only
0: seen three episodes now first thing, I love the Adams family yeah in in almost all of its iterations we just we just went to the Adams family uh musical production that the kids put on last summer with uh-huh. with summer theater series oh, wow. which was great and um everything about Wednesday is great. Watch that eight avocados haven't even gotten too far into it.
1: Uh, I've got one. Tell me when. Uh, you know, last week we had all of our friends diagnosed with COVID, and I, okay. I wasn't, I wasn't really feeling all that great, so I sort of unofficially quarantined myself. Okay. Um, but laid low. Like, basically, all Sunday, like I tried to avoid people, and just in it's case, it's not
0: too much different than your regular routine, right? Yeah. Well, no. Okay. Okay.
1: But like, I didn't go driving. Yeah and uh yeah so i was kind of wondering what to do and i realized i somehow this came up talking to my brother i never got around to watching any of downton abbey <laughs> oh
0: so i started, you started watching that, no- downton abbey and
1: I, I don't know if you've heard but that's a really good oh, show oh yeah <laughs>
0: i've i've really only seen the first season yeah but man, my wife loves that so much, and it, uh, it, it, eight it, avocados for Don Abbey. <laughs> it was very like
1: I, I burned through the first, you know, six or seven episodes. I was f- highly compelled, and we, we we're right on the bleeding edge of arts and entertainment. Man, Maggie Smith, you know the lady who plays the Dowager Countess. Oh, she's great. I there's times when she just walked into the room and I just burst out laughing. Because, like, her character is so consummately performed that, like, even the way she walks expresses, like, yeah. her, her, like, disdain for the whole world, you know. And her her presence, like, her character is created by just, just consummate acting. Yeah. And, you know, it just, like, it just made me laugh so hard to just see that character expressed even... Through just the most mild movements. Uh, really super great stuff. How much of it did you watch? I think I'm on like episode seven or eight. Oh,
0: okay. You're just getting into uh, it. You, did, you didn't watch... The war just started. Three seasons or something. No. Yeah.
1: World War One just started. I think we
0: may be in about the same place. We can probably like pick it up together.
1: Yeah. I think it... Yeah. And I, I, it's astounding to me that there's... What five seasons or something well, and a movie? Well, Down
0: Abbey Night. I think there's two movies, <laughs> isn't it?
1: <there? laughs> Maybe I don't know. Um,
0: man, it's something to look that's forward to. It's astounding. Yeah, there's a
1: lot of stuff. Hopefully, it. Hopefully, the rest of it is. You know, I. I don't. I know some of it might not be necessarily as good, but hopefully, it's still compelling. It seemed like I remember everybody being excited about the new season every time there was a new season. She write a poem about
0: Downton Abbey. You should. So I wrote a poem. Oh, you did? I did. I wrote a poem about clickbait. Wait, well, wait, let me say this. I'm writing a poem about clickbait. Okay. But I want to, uh, I want to just, I want to workshop it here. Sure. That's okay. Absolutely. Okay.
1: That's a great thing for poetry. corner.
0: Okay. I'm going to pull up my poem that I'm working on about clickbait. And then Schaefer and I are just going to have a quick, like, uh, constructive uh criticism of it
1: double check that we're still recording before you start Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah
0: <laughs> okay well, it appears we we're still recording all right
1: cut loose my friend okay
0: here we go i could not retrain my gaze elsewhere the tantalizing headline or footline had me frozen like the proverbial deer in the very real LED headlights or lowlights, too bright for the cold logic of the quote-unquote real world or the digital world, where nothing is true but all glistens with a sheen of truthiness. My mouse slowly gravitated toward the link with the kink in the pixelated ink, it might be bait and switch, but it might just satisfy an itch. The fraudulent promise of sensational journalism, like a cataclysm just on the horizon, dubious value, but my interest is piqued. And as I ponder a click or head up shit's crick, I think to myself, do I have the time? To go down this hole of rabbits, like Charlie Babbitts, and count the toothpicks on the floor? <laughs> Maybe I should find the door. Just go on to another page. Just find a way to abandon this rage, this cage. My weak-willed mind, you'll find, could not fight the urge, could not resist the scourge. My personal click-through rates ain't great. Could you blame me? That's where I am.
1: Uh sorry that I burst out laughing in the middle of it. That no, that's is Charlie Babbitt's, is that the name of Dustin Hopkins' character? Yeah, it's Rain
0: Man. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I you know, I like writing poems, but I'm I'm not good at like um refining them. Look, you know? it's
1: always difficult to say I'm gonna write a poem about this subject, you know. Um And then have it kind of also be poetic, you you know? Yeah. It's much easier to think of some interesting turns of phrase, build a poem around it, and let the poem kind of define its own meaning. Mm.
0: Um, Yeah, I didn't really know what I was trying to say about clickbait. I would, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I would definitely... I think I'm saying that I'm trying to avoid it and it's difficult. Yeah. Because, man, they get me all the time. The algorithm knows, too, what you're interested in. And I think... The algorithm knows. For the purposes of a
1: poem, you you would want to... You would want to consider both why the world created clickbait and what clickbait does to the world and means for the world, you know? Um, and then maybe take, an, take another crack at it after that. But okay. I think that your, your technical skills are very good, you know? You have a good understanding of... I like writing and poems. ...and rhyme. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you
0: know, and, and I like... Which, uh, I like know. establishing a meter and
2: yeah. then breaking it, yeah,
0: and wordplay.
1: And I just understand that that would come natural. Hue you, you. did know, you see what I did? A with, word performer, did you see what I did with
0: peaked and creak? Yeah. Although I pronounced it differently, more like the click and the crick, yeah. So maybe I'll maybe. The good thing about starting a podcast is that it'll are going to be writing some poems. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Yeah. I well, I video. hope I'm able to edit this all together into one podcast. I think we have five recordings or so. The app just kept telling us. I know we'll forget you. that you will be able to. Okay, I'm going to give it a shot.
1: It's going to okay. be very interesting for me to listen to it and see if I can find the places where
0: have to listen carefully yeah there won't be any kind of crackle no i wouldn't think so yeah and like i'm it's not like i'm taping
1: tape together and our our rapport can be a bit disjointed anyway i'm sure that i shouldn't
0: have said anything (laughs) yeah nobody would have noticed nobody's nobody's listening that yeah listen some people are listening we love you Shout shout out to everybody who's listening. Hats off to all of you. Are you remembering to be kind? Hope so. Amplify kindness.
1: Matthew's signal. uh, Which I support wholeheartedly. Be nice to each other. Let the other person in when you're driving in Austin traffic. But mostly remember. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, you're right.
0: (laughs) No, no,
1: no. Okay. The kind of the choices. The sweeter the casting.